Ready Check Radio. What's up, Internet? It's Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern. That means here on Ready Check Radio, it's time for The Relic Grind, the Final Fantasy XIV Square Enix podcast, where we discuss Final Fantasy XIV and Square Enix on a podcast. I'm your host, Mike Byrne, a.k.a. Magic Man. We've got a lot to cover today. I mean, we're just going to get right down to it. Let me introduce my hosts. If you're listening on iTunes, Spotify, we appreciate that. Give it a thumbs up, a like, a recommend, all that stuff. YouTube, hit subscribe. Why do people say hit subscribe, turn on those notifications, and leave a comment? Because if you look at the stats and you don't say that, according to my friend Ginger Prime, then, then people don't do it. So do it. Yeah. Help us out. Give it a click, all that fun stuff. Help us grow. And head on over to the website there, readycheckradio.com. Might be some surprises there soon. Another page. Maybe. Another page up, maybe, right now. Not not a lot there, but we'll see. We'll see. I got some important documents sent to me today, so that'll be uh, nice. some, some stuff coming soon. Joining me to go over other stuff that is not coming soon because it's already happened, Mr. Chris Montoya, <laughs> a.k.a. Tarkoth. What's up? Greetings, programs. Uh, I, I've been out of town this week, uh, and, and I just got back uh, last night, so... Um, you know, I, a lot of things have happened, but you know, I, I was looking outside my window on the plane and you know, I came across a great view and it's, it's been, it was uh, wonderful to watch this. It was great. I mean, if nothing else, the memes are gold. If no, nothing they, they, else, they've been choice. Yeah, no matter <laughs> audio is my favorite. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think no matter what your view on some of the stuff we're going to talk about today, the memes have been gold. Haven't they? Adam Lane, AKA Kronos. Oh yeah! The look major. at you! You look like you're on the fucking sideline. Like yeah, this I'm, just I'm, gets progressively yeah, worse my, uh, every week. Uh, this is this is my Nick <laughs> Sirianni cosplay. This is my Nick Sirianni <laughs> cosplay. Um, yeah, uh, you know, in case you didn't know, the Eagles are in the Super Bowl. And, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, right. We were gonna sing the fight song, but we had to cut it for time. <laughs> Somebody get this man a clipboard, says Izzy. <laughs> Fraudulent NFC. Ch- nah, they are. Oh. As much as I don't want the Eagles to win just because they're Pennsylvania, but not Pittsburgh, they totally earned it this year. They totally earned it this yeah. year. They've been dominant all year. Under Donovan McNabb, uh, they had a few years where it's like, yeah, you guys aren't really contenders. How'd you make it? But this year, they played well. They they were a solid team from beginning to end. Uh, okay. <laughs> With no QB, well, well, that's not their fault. It doesn't make him a fraudulent champ. Yeah, I mean, I, now I can Unless see what you were talking about. <laughs> now I can see what you were talking about. Yeah, uh, but yeah. Anyway, all right, let's get to some stuff. I don't know if you guys know, but Final Fantasy TCG. That's where I'm going to start today. That's the big oh, news. My Lord. That's the no. big news. Yeah, it's okay. not even in it, the show. It, it actually notes. is pretty big news. It actually is pretty big news. To be fair, it's yeah, not even in that. the show notes. And I'm a little ready to flip a table, right? And I am, like, the most optimistic supporter of Final Fantasy that you, a TCG that you can have, right? And there's, I'm not saying I'm the only one. There's a lot of us, but, you know, I am the ultimate fanboy, and I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt as much as I can. But here's the thing. Final Fantasy TCG just announced the return of its competitive season. And on the surface, that is fan-frickin-tastic. Finally, it's official organized competitive season and we've got six materia cups which are slightly different uh, apparently than the old crystal cups which are the bigger square enix sponsored events that take place throughout the year uh and various numbers of winners qualify for nationals and then nationals happens and various numbers of winners qualify for worlds and they get a free trip to japan to compete in worlds that's generally been the format and that's going to be the format this year too so six of those. And usually, uh, Kronos, you had one in Virginia. There's typically, mm-hmm. when they were running those pre-COVID, there were six to seven of them. So that number oh really God. doesn't surprise me. We'll come back to what might surprise me on those in a second. Uh, on top of that, there used to be something called a store qualifier, okay, or a local qualifier in the old seasons. Yeah, okay. And there could be anywhere from 40 to 100 of those, depending on the years you look back to. Like, there were a substantial number of those. 
And there were some rules on it based on like the number of participants that had to be there for it to count. And if somebody had already qualified for Nats, then the the, the, the invite would roll down the bleederboard. We, we don't need to get into all of that. Most of that core stuff is staying the same. Except, in addition to only having the six Materia Cups, the bigger Square Enix-sponsored events, and having them spread basically equidistant across the United States. Uh, Jeremy, uh, my brother from another mother down in West Virginia in the Pittsburgh Discord. I know that's weird, right? West Virginia in my Pittsburgh Discord. He's a good guy. Uh, he actually Google pin mapped it, and it was like, wow, they literally just like cut the United States in sixth and were like, bop, 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 bop. But it entirely ostracized the Northeast. Um, there is no major event closer to us than what, Florida? I think it was. What? Uh, Raleigh. Well, the Raleigh one, yes, yeah, so Raleigh was what, about a 10 yeah. and a half hour drive. I mean, it's still long, but yeah. It's, yeah, it's, from, from yeah. something like Pittsburgh, right? That's like a 10 and a half hour drive. And Pittsburgh's at the low end of the Northeast sector, you know, PA, New York, and all that stuff. Nothing in Canada. Nothing. Typically, they get one, sometimes two of these bigger events. Nothing. And then on the store championships, they've renamed them a little bit, but it's the same thing. It's a local qualifier. They have 20 that are going to be scheduled. So that means for the entire competitive season, there are only 26 events to try and qualify for the North American championship and then at that event, then qualify for Worlds. Don't get me wrong. Having anything is better than nothing. And technically speaking, sure, Square Enix doesn't have to do any of this, right? They don't technically have to. If you want your game to grow in any way, shape, or form, you do, you know. But they don't technically have to even sponsor any type of organized competitive play. It would be abnormal for most TCGs, particularly one as big as Final Fantasy is, could be, and more importantly, how big the company behind it is. But the general view from Square Enix, and, and CB has said this before, uh, it was taken out of context by some, but the product is a miscellaneous as far as uh, the P&L goes, I was right? Say that. You know, <laughs> it, it is. And it's, it's fair. Like, I can't fault them for that when you start looking at dollars amounts versus one video game and TCG. Mm. I get it. Like, I do. I do. On the flip side, although Kronos, they don't have to do anything, these don't really cost anything to do. Besides, for your local qualifiers, printing some promo cards, maybe a mat, maybe a little trophy, and mailing them out. A, a very minor expense when it comes to so, a company like Square Enix for store championships. I haven't looked deep to, like, too deep past like the initial rules, because I actually just saw the announcement like right, right after I got off work. Yeah. Um, is the the shops that you play at? Did they get a store champion? They have not assigned the stores yet. We don't oh, know. So they haven't assigned them at all. Wow. Yeah, they're my coming initial, soon. So my initial thought is, is like, while I think the game grew, right? Like I do think, based on what I've seen from the outside looking in, the community is getting bigger, which is great, and more people are playing, which is awesome. Like the octagon stuff seems like it's really good, firing yeah. all the time. Lots of people playing. But how many stores during COVID stopped selling product? Because I know all my local stores, even though I don't play anymore, do not mm -hmm. sell Final Fantasy TCG anymore. Yeah. Um, so, like, if you're getting your product, like, you have to, like, know or, like, you know, have that shop like you have where you know that sells it or you're getting it from, like, a third party online. So I'm curious, like, how many stores were affected, like, to that degree. But, you know, because we were in lockdown, you know, people are just ordering their stuff off the internet, playing with their friends, right? Right. Sure. Like, uh, I'm just curious if that's the... Like, why? Or yeah. if they literally just had to cut back because well, they wanted to do less and, stores. And again, I don't fault Square for any of that type of analysis that we don't have access to. Yeah. Um, I, go ahead, I can Tark. tell you from my, my point of view, you know, when I moved to Boise, I, I actively looked for shops that were doing Final Fantasy TCG. And of the three that I really like was trying to hone in on, because they were the bigger ones, um, they said, yeah, with COVID... We were doing that, it, it and we were selling it, yeah. that, and we cut it out. There was one left, and they stopped. Um, they were still doing tournaments, but they stopped selling the cards 
yeah. a week before I moved. I'm like, okay, well. <laughs> yeah, and COVID certainly hurt uh, not just FFTCG, but a lot of smaller yeah. TCG games and things like that, where you have six, eight, ten people coming every week or every two weeks to play some and throw down and have some product there, where it wasn't a big deal to order a master case of 12 booster boxes and satisfy that little local crowd it didn't become worth it because you weren't getting any of that income when they bought sleeves or binders or were sitting there and had two Cokes. And like, you didn't get that, you know, nobody yep. owning a gas station makes money off of gas, right? They need you to come <laughs> yeah. in uh, and, and, and buy a Mountain Dew. Um, so look, I get it. And, and all I said on the Facebook group was, I'm happy that organized play is back. I Ooh. hope this is just a, like a, Let's start returning to normal season, and this gets expanded further next season. Because yeah. based on where those 20 stores are, and we already know that because they kind of hosed Canada on the Materia Cup, they're probably going to get at least two of those 20 store championships, I would imagine. Probably one in Toronto and one in Ontario, if I, if I had to guess. Um, which means then there's 18 to go around. And yeah, yeah, it's fun. It's basically the same format. And and oh, Jeremy's in chat. Hey, boss. Um, Jeremy's right. It is basically the very similar format to what we had, but a lot more, a lot less accessible. A lot less accessible. I'll tell you what, Kronos. Those Materia Cups are going to be like the most cutthroat competitive thing. In the organized play season, I mean, you are going to see some shit go down at those. I am sure, mm -hmm. because of what's on the line. You get the the day two pass into Nats, which I may I, I don't yeah. personally agree with. That uh, was like, that was basically like that. Like, well, not day two. Oh yeah, but you got you got you started out. I think the year that I went, that I finished second under Crystal Cup, I was one win away from starting out with like three. I think it was three buys. Mm -hmm. Which is a big deal. Yeah, getting a pass Especially straight to day two is huge. It's huge. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so <sighs> it really bothers me sometimes when I look at this stuff. And I understand that there's only so much, you know, various community uh, agents are able to do, right? CB sure. for NA, Tim in, in the EU, like they're, of course, limited by how much influence and push they have. But where is the push and why from the other direction? Like, it would cost Square zero besides some promo stuff and prizing stuff, which they probably have, you know, <laughs> the, ironically, the more of them they print and make, the less the cost becomes. Uh, <laughs> but to send one to a store that they know is going to hold a good event in Toronto. And yeah, maybe you absorb the flight costs and the lodging costs of one or two SE reps if you want to send them to each of the Materia Cups, the bigger events. But you're not sending any Square Enix representation or anything to a store championship. You're sending a box of prizing and give us the names when you're all done. It's up to Ooh. the stores, whether the events are big or small, to absorb the cost of all the bills of running the store, to absorb the ability, the uh, the staff to host the event, like the stores handle this. And if Square is, hey, well, we want a quality, a measure of quality control. We want to make sure that these events are <sighs> okay. <laughs> but how are you doing that now? And I understand that the end game is we are going to be paying for the national qualifier and the the world's events right square does totally absorb the cost for those two events but they're not absorbing flights and, and things like that for anybody to get there they're booking the hotel you know venue do they absorb i think they absorb the world's flights, the world's right? flights they do yeah, but for, yeah, for yeah. na but that's they like don't. a smaller thing yeah, yeah. I, yeah i mean i had to fly myself out when i went so and so i get yeah, it like I, I had to fly to nats too it's like we all flew and we all paid for our hotels and our rental cars and and all of that stuff when we went to la a couple years ago mm. it was it's frustrating it's frustrating there's no reason to tell a store that has a proven track record of frequent attendance, product sales, streaming, which we do every week with the exception of the last two because I've been very busy, I'm sorry, uh, and I couldn't go to locals <laughs> those two weeks, uh, streaming the events, doing FFTCG streams, like 
Why would you tell those stores no when they say, hey, want to send us a $100 box of prizes and we'll get in on that Materia Cup for you? You send us that box. By the way, we're probably going to order two more master cases so that we have stock for the 60 people or the 40 people or the 35 people that are going to show up. Yeah. Like, I don't get it sometimes. And I know I don't have access to all the data. But you're never going to convince me that sending stuff to an established selling store that you have the data for isn't worth sending an $80 box of prize kit stuff to and adding one more. Yeah. And if you're worried about the head counts for Nats because you want to hold an event, you know where Square is going to hold it. They're going to pay for it. It can only hold so many people. We need to hold Nats to 64. Then make it work. You know, take one, the top from each of these events. Like I, you can make that work. And you're also not going to convince me that your venue, if it's able to hold 64, couldn't hold 120. Like, <laughs> just yeah. you're, there aren't many venues that are like, oh, the cap is 70. It's usually like remember. 100 or something like they that. They always do it at the same place. Well, at least they did. Yeah, it's the hotel right by the freaking airport. Uh, I don't remember uh, how many people were the year, but I'm pretty sure it's more than 64 yeah. the year that I went. I don't, um, I don't get it. It's just frustrating because I love it so much. Like, if I didn't love it so much, I wouldn't fucking care. I'd be like, oh, great. I can't go to any of this year. I'll I, see you next year. Yeah, I do think the one thing I saw that um, two people get in from store championships, I think that's a good change. I'm sure uh, that's probably the Chris Adams rule or something. Because <laughs> uh, that man finished second like eight times. Uh, I felt oh. so bad for him. Oh. Um, yeah. It was rough. Out yeah, there. but you, you still. The, <laughs> what's interesting to me on that one is, yeah, I think it's cool that two people from store championships get into Nats. Which, by the way, if you left it one, now you can hold forty events instead of twenty nationwide and not impact your headcount at Nats. Which, by the way, wouldn't right. be new because it is what they did before. Right. I know it doesn't feel as great if you come in second, but you're appeasing. Yeah, you get more events. There's, there's you there's double your there. events right there. Yeah, I guess my thing is I I agree more with the uh, first point that just increase your headcount at Nats and let two people get in and just have more store championships. Mm. I thought it was interesting like, on both, the two people on the two people going. They still the minimum for the store championships is still eight. Yeah, for it to count. Like if you only have six show up, then it doesn't matter who wins. You get the prizes, but you're wow. not going to Nats. If you yeah. have eight or more, now the top two get in. So yeah, I do like that. I think I would rather have forty events. If it came down to I've got to have one or the other of those two. Headcount at, yeah. at Nats is not an option. Okay, fine. Yeah. Give us give me 40 events and just take the top one. That's fair. And Tark, who cares about uh. Boise? It's you and nobody. Well, I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> Your kids technically live there when they come to visit you. Like that's it. It's just <laughs> That's all this. Oh, that's so sad. All this okay. talk just reminds me of my uh, Decipher Star Wars tournament playing and, you know, winning a local uh, store and then going to regionals and going two and one and getting uh, fifth place and, and not making nationals. That, that, was, that was sad. I also don't like the kind uh. of trend I've seen where it's like, if you bitch about anything in this game, you're kind of ostracized by a certain crowd. Mm. I don't like that. Yeah, that's why I stopped playing. Yeah, I don't, I don't like that. <laughs> that's why I stopped I mean, I playing. I absolutely love the game, and if we can't sit there and talk about, hey, this is kind of a half-assed season, and I get it. This is your first season out of the gate from COVID, so I'm not complaining about that at all. But can we start the prep for the following season now, then, and start talking about the sure. next season right now, so that we are well ahead of the game? And if that is a the type of opinion that gets somebody, you know, like ostracized or not part of any future discussions for stuff, I have a problem with that. Yeah. I if mean, you're, talking if about you're going to the to Facebook have... group and you are just bitching, 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 oh, bitching that's all different. the time, yeah. all yeah, the that's time. that's different. Fine, yeah. you know, whatever. But to look at the situation and go, okay, this is less than ideal, but it is better than nothing. From, COVID, from yeah. Coming from nothing off of COVID to this is an improvement. Once we have these all locked in and we send our stuff to the stores, I immediately want to sit down and start talking about next season and what that's going to look like. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. No, it's, it's uh, I'm always like that because I'm, you know, I'm, uh, it is pretty like, negative. I'm a pretty negative person. Let's be real. I'm a fairly <laughs> negative person, um, which, you know, I don't know. It's fine if people feel that way. But like uh, typically when I really like something, I will. And I mean, we talked about this on the show before about several things. I'll be harsh on it. 
because I, I I wanted to be better, and it was the same thing about the card game. I was pretty harsh about the card game a lot of times. Like if I thought something should be banned, uh, Riku, like I would be very vocal about it. Um, you know, and if you don't agree with me, we can have a conversation. We don't need to fight. <laughs> you know, like yeah, we're not gonna like yeah. drop our like you know pull our gloves off and have a fist fight, but um. You know, there was conversation on both sides to be had. <laughs> I'll never forget when we played at Phoenixville's uh, event and you put down Dadaluma Cactuar and you just looked at me and you were like, I'm I'm sorry. Like, like <laughs> <laughs> I know this is such a garbage combo, Look, but I'm sorry. <laughs> I did it. Uh, I finished second or no, third. Third at the Crystal Cup. I played Riku. I told everybody going to that event. I'm like, if this card's not Ben, I'm playing it. Like, there's no way. And I lost to Cody, the one Riku player, I think, in top eight, the one Dodd Riku player in top eight. Um, and he played, I mean, he played his ass off. He deserved it. Yeah. Um, but, it's, yeah, I mean. <laughs> it's like, I have never seen a product from any company that is such a good product that, like, you have to kick and fight to continue to love. Like, I'm just like. Yeah, it's like, it's just treated it's like so a redhead stepdad. It's sometimes. like, why? Yeah. It's a good product. It's a good kid. Like. You know, and nurture it, help it grow. You know, put your money where your mouth is, Square. Let's let's go. It's, it's a fun game. I'm not even asking them to do that. That's the thing that's really just mystifying to me. I'd I, love to play. I would love, and and we'll get we'll <laughs> get, uh, you know if I was you know had the power or at least the power to start those discussions. Yeah, we would definitely get to. There are other promotional things and like all. It's mismanaged to a certain degree across the board, in my opinion. I also recognize I don't have access to all the information needed to say that unequivocally. It's just my opinion from the outside. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I did Anyways. buy... The tickets are on sale right now for the first one in Florida in April. Uh, I'm I'm very happy that Lockwood got an event. I'm mm -hmm. thrilled that Lockwood and uh, Game Haven uh, got an event. That's awesome. And I did buy one ticket just in case I'm able to make it because it's already selling out. I don't think I'll be able to go. So I may have one ticket for sale at some point, but we'll see. It's not till April. Anyway, we got other stuff to talk about. Uh, yeah. Final Fantasy XIV is also having its own little meltdown at the moment. To catch a you. Yeah, a brouhaha, if you will. <laughs> if you will. The uh, world first Omega Clear was claimed by a Japanese guild named Unnamed. Oh, wait. <laughs> oh, wait. It was then exposed, and we'll talk about the expose in just a second, that there were guild members using mods. And we're not talking they were running a DPS meter in the background and it slipped on a stream and oops, somebody you know didn't like them and so they reported them. We're talking about zoom out that camera to a global view, be able to see everything in a way that the game and the encounter was not designed for mods. Yep. Where'd the video come from, you might ask? Internal. <laughs> from somebody that clearly ain't happy, Kronos. <laughs> clearly ain't happy on the inside of that group. On the inside of that group. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I heard like potential. So I didn't hear any confirmations about exactly what caused it. Um, the, but I heard that it was somebody, some people were promised some clears after the fact mm -hmm. and they uh, decided not to do that. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and so I wrote articles on MMO Bomb where I was like, yeah, we're going to get the Yoshi P disappointed dad letter real soon. Uh, not to be outdone, we got it the next morning. Yeah. <laughs> United States time. So he's yeah. very sad. Sad dad. He was, he was a very, very sad dad. Uh, it's an extremely, it is extremely disappointing for me personally to see this commotion surrounding third party tools once again in the wake of what happened with Dragon Song's reprise. Uh, ultimate. As the individual who is entrusted with full supervision over FFXIV 14, it is my responsibility to enact countermeasures and police the use of these tools. We're going to come back to that sentence. Uh, <laughs> as well as educate people to not use these types of third-party tools. This is especially unfortunate when I, as a gamer, am cheering on everyone who is learning this content by trial and error and putting in the effort to clear. 
We all know that the use of third-party tools is not allowed in Final Fantasy XIV. It is a violation of the terms of service. And no, I didn't say this one, but not that one. I said all of them. It is a violation of the TOS to use any of them. Even something that we might collectively here agree is pretty innocent in a DPS meter, right? Uh, yep. It's not really doing much besides saying, here's here's the deeps that you're doing. Um, doesn't help you besides to say, we don't have the deeps, or we do have the deeps, our strategy just sucks when it comes to a <laughs> DPS check or something like that. Which you can get a basic idea of how close you are to the enraged. So like even in that situation... Is just providing specifics. And maybe you think it's cheating, maybe you don't. It's fine. Everybody on this panel really doesn't have a problem with them. But any are not used. And he says it's his job, and he's said this multiple times, that they're not to be used. They're not to be used. But it has always, always... He kind of got upset in this post saying, like, some people have implied he's said otherwise. And I don't think anybody's implied that he's directly said otherwise, but it's always been treated, Kronos, as a little bit of a wink-wink, nudge-nudge thing. Always. And I don't yep. think you get the you get to step back now and say, I've been clear about this. You have been clear on what's in the TOS, but you've also been clear that it's like, a, hey, we're not monitoring you, so yeah. if somebody didn't show us that you used them, it's okay. It's a don't show, don't tell policy, which is right. very disconcerting. It's 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 still the policy. You know, he can say that he's more upset this time than last time. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, he's never he's never not said that they're all illegal. He has repeated that a lot, and I think people understand that. The problem is, is there's no way to really like track that, and because it's just like this all encompassing thing, the community. You know, right or wrong creates a gray area for themselves too, and so the community has the, the community at large. I guess I'm speaking of not everybody agrees with that. Like some people think act is cheating. For yeah, sure. and nor is this limited to rating in the context of the discussion Correct. we're having. I mean, yeah, yeah, because if you take, I mean, when you take what he says that all is cheating, then you know your your mod that makes your butt look bigger in game is, is just as much cheating as the zoom out mod. And while I think personally that's not true. Um, Based on the TOS, that's how it works, right? Um, Which is why it really bothered me when he said that it's his well his role to educate people to not use these. Okay, I'll agree that you've at least done that. Yeah. Enacting countermeasures. Uh, okay, nope. I'm specifically not aware <laughs> of any countermeasure that has been implemented on this. In fact, that has been one of the reasons that you've said you haven't enacted countermeasures. And then police the use of the. There is zero policing on these tools in Final Fantasy fourteen. The, the zero. policing is the policing is only if you stream it. Yeah, it's the community <laughs> self policing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's self policing, and yeah. and and the judge coming after you after you've been caught and like, okay, now I'm gonna lay down the the law on you. Yeah, um, but if yeah. but if I didn't catch you, you know, yeah. it's all good. And and I don't think you get to complain about it now when you created this cloudy zone. Like the attitude and the lack of countermeasures, you've kind of created that cloudy zone where, hey, we're not monitoring you. You shouldn't yeah. use them. It's a violation of the TOS. But no, we're not monitoring anything on your desktop. or you know, Which obviously opens another can of worms if they were that maybe you would or would not play anymore. And that we'll, we'll sidebar that discussion for now. My point is you don't get to say, I love Yoshi P to death, but you don't get to say stuff like, it's my responsibility to enact countermeasures and police the use of this to these tools when, to all of our knowledge, I don't think it's unfair to say you don't do either of those things and you've created this gray area. Now, in the context of the ultimate raid, in my mind, they, they flat out cheated. And, oh, yeah. and that's a different Absolutely. discussion beside, than what we're saying here, which is just like the general use of any add-on is expressly forbidden by the TOS. Yeah. He For goes, sure. I mean, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, you're no, fine. Go ahead. No, I wasn't going to say anything relevant. You go, you finish. Yeah, Izzy says it's hard to compare a zoom out mod to G Shade. A blanket statement across all mods just feels odd. Too much gray area. 
Well, it is because they don't they don't want to, and this is Yoshi P's. They they don't want to get into a list of these are acceptable mods and these aren't. They don't want to get into because then they have to police them, uh, and they have to they're recommending things versus not recommending things, and then they also have to develop with the idea of these mods are okay and somebody may be using them if it was something like a DPS meter or let's say some type of camera mod was legal. You know, they have created this entire gray zone, self-inflicted, because they don't want to get involved on some other aspects of this, and then are surprised that they have to keep having this same discussion, Tark. And uh, the other half of this is, you know, you say some mods aren't allowed and then some are, well, then you have still have this other issue where you have PS5 players like myself who can't use who them can't at all, access at all. So yeah, then you have a better experience on PC. You know, maybe I should just play on PC, and but I don't want to pay another, you know, drop another uh, purchase for yeah. them for this and, and encourage their behavior like this. So it's, I it's guess a big whole bag of worms, and they just, just I, I, mm. yeah, it's just like I mean, just kind of like a slight counterpoint. The, the experience is already better on PC because if you don't stream, you can do these things, right? Like, I mean, I'm not trying to be like mean or anything. Is it the reason they're, they're they not take allowed the to stance, use them? It's against yeah. OS. You're the reason the they take this stance, I think, is because of console, right? Like, they have to be yeah. like, we can't allow it because console can't do it. But people are going to do it unless they literally like say, like, unless they police it to the point where people don't do it anymore. People are going to do it. I mean, that's just you know. I've said that if, yeah. if console wasn't a thing, they might be a little more lax on what is allowed and what's not allowed. But because console is, is a thing and they can't have any of these mods, they have to put a firm line for that purpose. Yoshi P continues in the statement. He says, however, if the presumption is that this content will be tackled and cleared with the use of third party tools, then any reason to develop high difficulty battle content seems to be lost. It's very difficult for me to understand as a gamer what the meaning behind using numerous third-party tools to compete uh, to a clear world first would be. If the illicit use of a third-party tool is made clear through our investigations, I, at the very least, will not recognize that team as true world first. Great. You don't officially recognize any team as being true world first anyway, so whatever. Um, he has... Always unofficially, and he mentions that in the letter that he's always sent out like a congratulations, or sometimes they'll check just to, you know, verify a timestamp and and stuff like that, verify a, a full clear and a timestamp and and things like that. But they've never officially like supported a world first race in the way that like World of Warcraft does, uh, or some other okay. games do. Go ahead. Oh no, I just I'm just agreeing. Oh, okay. I, I yeah, I, I, I mean that's that's definitely true. Go ahead, Dark. Okay. I was going to say, I would love for someone to do what Unknown did. Wait, you know, a week or two, get that unofficial congratulations from Yoshi P. And they'd be like, oh, thanks for the congratulations. By the way, we cheat our asses off. Just stick it to Yoshi P and show the egg on his face. It's like, you, no. you got to do something, dude. You got to do something with this. I, I don't think anything's going to change. I don't either. Well, and that's but, the thing. Like, he uh, talks about punishments and things like that. And obviously, he's not going to divulge what punishment we know for a different reason we do. we do but he's not going to divulge punishment nor would i expect him or any other company to do that uh he also says we hear the community voice that an official raid race should be supported and regulations should be decided on this is a topic which needs to be discussed internally so please allow me to keep this as an item for future consideration now, do you think that is said with the best of intent, Kronos, or is that a, uh, I'm not, we're not, we're not going to do that, but I, I need to acknowledge it in this statement. Is there any chance that Square Enix actually considers some type of official world first contest like other games may do? So this was the most interesting part of this letter to me. Yep. Personally. There's And I there's agree. one more part I, I want to go into, but I agree with um, you. So, uh, I mean, the cheating thing or like why people cheat was also interesting to me, too, because as someone who's played a card game for plushies, I've watched people cheat. And yeah. I, I kind of <laughs> thought that was a silly like, sentence, because yeah. if you if you watch anybody that cheats on things, it's not 
cheating because they're bad at it. It's cheating yeah. because they're really, really good at it, most, and they want to be better, yes, faster, sort of stronger. It's it's most of it's not me sitting at home, really never good. world progging and saying yeah. I'm going to cheat and make world first. Yeah. That's not yeah. what's happening. Stop being surprised that people would do it. It does. I yeah, agree that, with them. In my head, I'm like, why would you waste your time? Like, how valid sure. is the clear? But it doesn't matter yeah. if you don't get caught. Yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, it's but like any any game where you introduce anything that people deem competitive, there somebody's gonna cheat. It's just gonna happen. Um, but yeah, as far as like the world race thing goes, I want to believe. I think they will internally discuss it. I believe that part is true. I don't think they're gonna do it though. I don't think I, so either. I, I think the more likely thing is we're gonna get. So um, I don't know if you've been following like what Frosty said after this stuff. Uh, basically, I think the community has almost decided that going forward, they're not going to recognize people unless their 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 first clear is like live on stream. So yeah. I think that overall will be good for the race, but I don't think that has anything to do with Square. Yeah. Um, no, that's. I mean, it's kind of refired. Again. It's kind of refired that old. If they're not streaming, they're cheating. Uh, debate kind from of, previous yeah. ultimates, and and there'll still be people that don't stream, but I think you'll get groups now that weren't streaming before that will stream now because they want that credibility i guess and you already are seeing it now it's like right after they stripped the weapons which I, we haven't super got into you're yet. fine go you can, uh, you can tip what happened that's fine uh, sure okay so basically i mean this is probably another thing though i found like i didn't think they would do this and like, they did this do... within 24 hours by the way this was yeah. quick like i knew they were probably gonna ban the people especially the guy whose camera and POV they had, like he was done. Um, and then anybody else who comes out and then anybody else who gets mass reported, which is sad, but going to happen. And apparently there were some self reports. Yeah, for sure. Um, and they basically stripped them of their title and told them to throw their weapons away. And I think I heard even like some of them were like, just so ashamed that they deleted their character, um, which is sad, but you know, I mean, it sucks. They cheated though. I mean, that's just how it is. And I don't, I, I feel sorry for like the, people that are like attacking them that's probably not necessary um but yeah, at I mean, the end of the day we're talking about a video game let's stop yeah <laughs> the, the people that like i mean the fact that they got a strip from them and stuff i don't really feel bad for them for no, that not at all um i mean and, honestly to me that's the bare minimum yeah like so the like bare after, minimum is you take away the ill-gotten gains period right right and then but after that uh you saw a lot of stream, a lot of teams that were not streaming their prog, start streaming their prog, <laughs> including some clears last night. Yeah, nice. Which we have at this point no reason to believe something nefarious in those, right? I got Maybe. I got blindsided before the show with <laughs> Mister Happy's guild as, doing some as stuff. Far, as far as I've seen, so, it it looks fine. I mean, again, if you don't think. All these people are using act. I don't know what to tell you. If you think that's cheating, then then yes, they're cheating. And if you are just that strict to the TOS, then of course, yeah. And I can't fault anybody for feeling that way because that's what the TOS is. But I guarantee you, even if you don't see it on the screen, all these people are using act. That's just a fact. Um, someone, someone in that group is at least. They're all. They're probably all using it. But yeah, I mean, at, at, or at least well. the majority. <laughs> Maybe they have one console player. But, I mean, you um, can get, you can make this better, right? I mean, look at World of Warcraft's World First Race, where the teams are usually all in the same room, all on the computers. Everything's yeah. being live-streamed. The, the broadcasters have the ability to just swap to any person in the raid's camera at any given time. Like, it's just, it's all above board. Are there other problems with the way World of Warcraft works and farming BOEs yeah. and gold? And so, of course, I'm not saying it's perfect. But I'm saying from a streaming point, they don't have to worry about anybody using an illegal mod because it could be, oh, yeah. be caught very freaking quickly by just an, yeah. a camera swipe to somebody. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> a lot of them are allowed anyway. Uh, yeah, good point. Good point. So uh, there's two last things I want to ask you guys about here. And Tark, we'll start with you. Yeah. One, in Yoshi P's uh, Lodestone post, mm -hmm. some people are kind of taking the sentence, uh, if the presumption is that this content will be tackled and cleared with the use of third-party tools, then any reason to develop high-difficulty battle content seems to be lost. Some people are interpreting that as a threat. If this continues to happen, we're not going to do ultimates anymore. 
and that makes a lot of, some some people happy and hey you know maybe they're thinking the those teams are going to go do something else that's not really the way it works in the background so it's unlikely that they're going to go work on your favorite bit of content but if you want to sit there and hope fine uh so some people are taking that that way and then the second point that that I want to point out or or get your um opinion on is so then what do you do what do you do do you just ban all mods like the TOS says but now start rect uh, a, a an anti cheat in the client that detects you know uh, various programs running in the background like what is the move here is it simply uh -oh. to hey we're going to continue to do the the mod TOS the way it is but adopt a world first race that's official and done in in various ensuring ways, if that's the big deal, what do you do? What do you do? Uh, on the first point, um, I don't think there's any chance that they don't continue to make Ultimate. Um, there's a pretty sizable, it's not you know, the casuals, but the Raiders, they come to raid, um, and a lot of them, Savage is not enough of a difficulty. Um, so that's why they enjoy the ultimate and, and enjoy this race to eliminate that would turn off a lot of people and a lot of people would unsub and just be done. Um, as far as what do you do? I don't know because my gut feeling is that we're, this is just a cycle that will repeat ad infinitum it's, until yeah, it's already repeated. Like yeah, it's, 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 been it's repeated and repeated. repeated. It's, it's just going to continue to happen. And we're going to keep getting, you know, sad Yoshi P letters, uh, every single ultimate, because this is going to happen. Um, so until they pull their heads out of their butts and maybe do something official or doesn't that damage Yoshi, I, Yoshi I, P's credibility though. Doesn't that damage his credibility? I, I, if this letter just keeps getting basically republished in a different yeah, way. It, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Every time that this comes out, it's like, yeah, you, you, you say this, but ultimately you don't really care or you care, but you're just too gun shy to actually make a move that might uh, piss off some people at the end. But for the health of your game, you got to make a choice. Um, that's where I stand on it. Kronos, same questions. I mean, we are in an infinite loop. We've been in an infinite loop for, for a while, twice, quite some time. Um, it sucks. It does. Because I don't, I don't think things are going to change. They're just going to wait for this to blow over again. It'll happen again. Um, as far as the the first point, what was the first point again? I'm sorry, because I was so... Some people uh, interpreting that kind of almost a veiled threat uh, of, if I, we keep having was, to deal with this, we're just yeah. not going to do ultimate content anymore. I think it was like intended to be like a slight... Like, like I think he meant it somewhat that way, but not to the point where I don't think they're not going to make ultimates because... Even when you take into the, the stuff that Tark said, which is 100% true, where, like, it brings a lot of the Raiders in, even the people that probably know they're not going to kill it or whatever, like, they're going to try it. It also brings a lot of eyes and a lot of casual people just watch. Um, which I is mean, further, it, like, it's like the thing we were talking about with FFTCG, right? It's like, yeah. if your ultimate and your world first brings in viewers, and yeah, it's not going to be the viewers that other more established world first races have... Why wouldn't you do it? Like, <laughs> like yeah. it would solve two problems and be some uh, additional, like, you, you could make events around I, it in the Square Enix world I, first. I, I, I hope they do, because I think if they take control of it, but the thing is, is if they take control of it, then they have to take a firmer stance on some of the stuff they don't want to take a firm stance on, yeah. right? And sure. that's the problem. We're right back to where we started, yeah. which is why this has occurred multiple times. They created a gray area, because they didn't want a black and white area that they themselves would have to manage. And so here we are. And, yeah, and then to this, just like quick on the second point, I mean, the only way to do what they want to do and police it is to put like anti-cheat in the game. But they won't do that also, because if they put anti-cheat in the game, you're not just going to affect raiders by putting anti-cheat in the game. You're going to affect a shit ton of people. Yeah. Like anybody that uses G-Shade. Anybody that uses chat bubbles, like, I mean, yeah, those people don't stream because you get banned for that stuff. I mean, although streamers do definitely use G shade, but like that stuff, like if anti cheat is designed to catch that stuff, then those people ain't logging in either. I'm going to tell, I'm gonna tell you this. Creator. I was accidentally, I don't anymore, but I was accidentally violating the TOS in 14. 
for a while. I mean, this was like a year and a half, two years ago with G with G Shader. The reason oh. I was using G Shader was for Final Fantasy XI because it looks like shit mm -hmm. without it. <laughs> and I didn't and even realize the way I had it queued up that it, it it immediately applied setting base settings. Not that I had gone and modified it the way I had for eleven, but it pulled up its base settings for fourteen. I, I, I was probably yeah. like two months before I realized it, and I was like, oh. I don't really need this for 14. I don't think 14 looks like ass enough for me to, and I'm not like a, you know, a cosplay, you know, housing. Yeah. I, I know like, like those, those types of content creators, they use G shader to get some really cool lighting shots and stuff and, and emphasize detail on certain things and de-emphasize it on other things. I don't have a need for that while I'm playing the damn game. So I've just stopped using it totally, but yeah, I mean, so anyway, <sighs> Can't wait for it to happen again in about a year and a half. Yep, yep year and a half. He 7 is Yoshi P is excited about Blue Protocol, though. Nice. I am, too. A lot of people are. I am as well. Uh, so, yeah, he he's very excited. He actually said in... It was just a brief snippet in a uh, Nico Nico interview where he said... Uh, or Nico Nico live stream, where one of the questions was various games what do you think about Diablo 4 and this and this and this? And they asked him about Blue Protocol. Uh, and he said that uh, he, he didn't want this to sound condescending because it was legitimate. He was being legitimate that I'm looking forward to it. Uh, and it's important to have multiple MMORPGs in the audience so that when a genre starts to do something lively, it creates this, hey, they're doing some, they're taking a risk. They're doing something better. Maybe we should put that in 14. Uh, yes. And that kind of that kind of mentality, him and Foxconn did say there's a little concern on their side with the lack of beta testing that uh, Blue Protocol has gone through at this point, and also acknowledged that several members of the FFXIV team did in fact the Final Fantasy IV team. I don't. Why did I keep spelling that out today? That's weird. I don't normally do that. Um, <laughs> the FF14 team had left at some point and went to go work on blue protocol. So generally he was pretty positive about it and, and can't wait to use it as a, Hey, this is why we think final fantasy 14 is good. And there's some things in that game that could make us better. So let's see if we can adopt that functionality here, which I think is an incredibly healthy mentality to take Tark. Uh, that was the mentality blizzard had in the early days of wow. Like they found something good in another MMO and they're like, we're bringing that into wow. And, they're continually making improvements. That's why they had such jumps from vanilla to Burning Crusade to Wrath of Lich King. Well, I mean, they kept bringing that's just, stuff in. That's not just great. wow. That's Blizzard's mo. <laughs> I, can't. I mean, oh, that's great. Okay. Let, that's good. Let's steal it. <laughs> yeah. let's, let's put our own spin on it and, and repackage it. And you're right. You're you're dead right. That's the one thing they do is that they, they do put their own little spin on it. Usually, that mm -hmm. spin involves making it a little more casually accessible. Sure. Like that's typically what what Blizzard does. But you you interested in Blue Protocol at all, Kronos? I'll probably try it. I have enough friends that are interested. Um, I wasn't like blown away like some other people were. I guess like by it. I, I wasn't that excited for it, but I'm probably gonna try it. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's wrap up with some other Square Enix news. Uh, anybody try out the uh, Final Fantasy Theatrhythm Final Barline demo currently live on the PlayStation Four? I haven't tried it, but I know yeah. I'm going to buy the game. Tark, so. did you? I, I have not. I do plan to because I'm not really familiar with this genre, so I do want to give it a try, and maybe that will push me to maybe pick it up. Oh, this is a day one pickup for me. And yes, I played it for I like know. the demo for like four hours uh, yesterday. <laughs> uh, it's on the play. It's, I play it's on the PlayStation Four, so it's a little weird. It's a little goofy sometimes finding PS4 demos on the PlayStation Five. Uh, go look up the game. Yeah, itself search, search the name itself. search the name yeah. of the game and go to the games page if you're playing on playstation 5 and then go over to the three dots icon if you open that up one of them will be find demo yes izzy there's a free demo active right now and certain bits of your progress do carry over into launch there are certain caps in the demo too there's uh you can play a few songs from ff2 ff5 ff7 um ff 13, just the first one. Uh, that's what, four, two, five, seven, 13, 14, and 15. So there's six games. You don't get to play like the whole questing area or anything. It's like usually like five 
uh, or six stages inside each of those. So there's a good like 30. You got it. Thanks for the heads up. You're welcome. There's a good like 30 tunes to play through and you'll get probably about 25 characters along the way while you do it. Uh, some of the quests are almost impossible because you're <laughs> capped at level 30, the the characters. So like some of the quests to, to kill a certain boss, you might not be doing enough damage to even make it to the boss before the song ends type deal. So you'll clear oh. the stage, but you won't clear the quest type thing. Um, unless you play on the very, very extreme ends of difficulty and you're very, very good, maybe you can blitz it, and I was able to do that on some. Kronos, one thing you and I were kind of worried about on this one, since it is the, the past games were on the Nintendo DS, was the touchscreen functionality. Particularly, there's a particular note that uh, does a wave pattern, you know, ups and downs, yep. and you have to trace that on the screen. Um, and we were kind of like, how does, how's that going to work? Uh, it, all they have you do is use the um, analog stick, stick, just up yeah. and down. Um, uh, so it's it's a little knacky at first, but once you get it, you're dialed in. Like you can't screw it up. You're either on or you're off. Uh, there's no oh, I almost had that. You're either gonna get them all. It, it was actually really easy to control. Um, I really enjoyed it, but I'll tell you one bad thing about it, Nizzy. You're gonna find out. They make sure you know this is a demo. There is more game. Here's all the features of the game. Here's where you can buy it. Here's the trailer for it. In fact, the first time after you play about four or five songs, four or five levels, it makes you watch a five-slide presentation on content in the game <laughs> and then makes you watch the trailer they released in its entirety before you can continue. You'll play five songs, four or five songs more, it throws another three or four slide thing at you. Every time having a link to the PlayStation Store. And then five or six songs <laughs> from there, it'll show you a third one. There are three different little... And I mean, once you've been through it, it's not, it's not a huge deal, right? You just mash X four times and you're done. You don't have to watch the trailer uh, on the first one after you watch it the first time. It doesn't cue that trailer up again. So it's just mash X four or five times and then get back to your business. But every like five or six songs, it's going to show you the next one. And when it shows all three, it'll go back to the beginning minus the trailer. They constantly are reminding you that this is a demo and here's the features of the games and here's how you can buy it. Ad advertisement. Yeah, it is. It is little. Awesome. Again, it's not a deal breaker. You'll still have plenty of fun with the demo. It's just annoying. It's like, oh. I can't click on the next song because it's going to show me this slide. X, 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 X. Done. All right, next song. <laughs> so annoying. Uh, Final Fantasy 17 or 17. What the fudge? <laughs> that been announced? <laughs> yeah, it's already been it? announced. We're, we're set. Uh, Final Fantasy 7. Um, had some uh, nice stuff happen this past week. So let me show you this first one. January 31st is the day Final Fantasy VII came out back in 1997. And uh, so the anniversary, just a few days ago, Japan now has January 31st as National Final Fantasy VII Day. And that is nice. that's pretty cool. I dig that. I dig stuff like that. When's America going to recognize that? I know, right? I need, I need that day off. <laughs> and we also have a, a lovely message from um, uh, Yoshinori Kitase, director of Final Fantasy VII and producer on the remake, uh, is January thirty first of thirty uh, first of January nineteen ninety seven. The day that Final Fantasy VII came out was not just a significant day for the Final Fantasy series, but also marked when so many big things started moving for those of us who worked on the game. I remember being overwhelmed at the breakneck speed with which video game technology was evolving, but also dreaming big things for the future. With the establishment of this official anniversary day, I will now always remember these things and hold them dearly in my heart. So nice little message. Uh, so very cool. I thought that was very cool. And then there's like Cloud and other characters, the Spotify. They put some playlists on Spotify of like six different characters, Cloud, Sephiroth, Tifa, stuff like that, and uh, of playlists of music for their specific character. 
power wash simulator, Tark's favorite thing. Tark's favorite. You you gonna go clean Midgar? <laughs> I'm not gonna go clean anything. If I clean anything, it'll go be my dishes or my laundry. You're not gonna clean Midgar? No, I'll be fine. <laughs> and then to round all of it off, here are four classic scenes from Final Fantasy VII that they are currently voting on their Twitter right now. Um, that whichever one wins, they're going to recreate one of these scenes in Lego and then give that that art piece away. So we've got here. Here's here's number one. We've got you know Young Cloud and and Tifa at Nibelheim uh, at the old water cooler, uh, so to speak, water tower. We got uh, Aerith's church there. Lighting on that looks awesome. Uh, I I didn't get a chance to look at this. Where is this? I don't remember this off the top That's of my head. That's Aaron's house. Oh, Aaron's yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I got you. And then we have, of course, the, the honeybee. So you can vote for one. They're going to make one out of Lego, one of these art pieces out of Lego, and then kind of raffle it off or do some something contest related with it and give it away later. Tark, which one are you voting for? Um, probably the honeybee, but the real crossover I want is the Final Fantasy, instead of pixel remaster, Lego remaster. Make that happen. That'd be yeah, sweet. it's called the original Final Fantasy VII. That's the Lego remaster. <laughs> Close so enough, that's right? one vote for the honeybee. <laughs> Kronos, where where are you? Where's your vote? Uh, to me, out of those four, the most iconic is probably the first one, like the, the water, water tower. tower. Yeah, I think um, so too. Yeah. I think so like too. Like if, if you're only if basically it sounds like they were only picking like remake scenes. So I think yeah. that's probably the most iconic. What's weird is the t- water tower is my number one and the honeybee was my number two. So like <laughs> we're all on the same page. Uh, as far the as honeybee might there. win, though, I feel it like might. a lot of people are probably going to vote for the honeybee. It, it might, yeah. it might. I actually don't know who's winning right now. I don't. Can we see that? Let me go check it out on their Twitter. Uh, Lego collab. Where are you? There you are. Cast your vote. So it's a form. They're not taking the. It's not like a Twitter poll or anything. Start. All right. So I'm going to vote for Water Tower Nibelheim. Submit. Thanks for your vote. No, we don't know who's winning right now. <laughs> so, but I have cast my vote on behalf of Ready Check Radio's Relic Grind podcast for the Water Tower. Sorry, Tark. <laughs> oh, all good. That Water Tower would be my number two. So, all right, last bit, and this is wild. This is a rumor right now. So, grains of salt. But we do know that Amazon is publishing the next Tomb Raider game. And they also have interests in other media, movies, series, stuff like that. That's all confirmed. We've known that for a while. We've talked about it on this show. What the rumor started as is that the Embracer group sold the Tomb Raider rights to Amazon for $600 million. Let's keep in mind <laughs> that the Embracer group bought everything from Square Enix. <laughs> For three hundred million, that's a yeah. fl- that's what you call a fleecing. Yeah. That's called <laughs> uh, flip that crap. And like, and honestly, doesn't know what to do with this. At the time, we'll make some money off exactly. Of it. At the time, all three of us were like, "Really? They didn't get just three hundred for just Tomb Raider? Like, yeah, that's weird. That's weird." So that was the rumor. They doubled their money on the sale, but, but that rumor, which is still a rumor, by the way. Uh, and this is according to fellowshipfans.com, who does a lot of reporting on Lord of the Rings stuff, hence being involved in the Amazon stuff, where this leaked into it. They did make an update to their original text. So now it reads that the Embracer group just leased their Tomb Raider rights to Amazon yeah. for a deal that we can exclusively reveal as being approximately a $600 million overall package, making it Amazon's second biggest commitment after purchasing the television rights for the Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power. Therefore, this puts into perspective the cost and updated commitments that Embracer may be looking for. Least it to Amazon <laughs> for $600 million Kronos. That's nuts! That's wild. It feels like some pyramid scheme type stuff. I don't know, man. Like it's just weird. It's like so weird that they're paying that much money, like just to like borrow it. 
Yeah, and I mean, like, Embracer has done other things with other IPs where they are very, look, I want a high a high power investor that's going to give me a substantial front because I don't want to just lease Tomb Raider to Utark to make one game. I'm looking for a partner that's going to do a lot of investment and a lot of different things with this IP. Build whether the brand be, out. Yeah, yep. whether it be Lord of the Rings, whether which, by the way, they're trying to get Warner Brothers, Brothers to walk away from that one at the end of the year. They sent that letter. We'll, we'll see how that pans out. Yeah. But yes, so they got, the rumor is that they leased it to Amazon for 600 million, which, which means they bought it and a lot of other stuff, a lot of other studios for 300 million, and then are basically lending it to Amazon for twice that dark. <laughs> now, can we imagine, like, if they had that, the, that kind of business acumen that apparently Embracer does have? I mean, 300 to 600, you already made a profit in less than a year. If we could put some of that in Square Enix and maybe, you know, not do NFTs and maybe, you know, these properties that we could, you know, work with and lease them out. And oh, my God, just sometimes the incompetence with Square Enix just baffles me. That's a cow. What's happening with Warner Brothers? Uh, Middle Earth Enterprises wants Warner Brothers to walk away from their film rights and movie rights to the Lord of the Rings at the end of the year because they want to search for uh, new rights holders for Lord of the Rings. Uh, but who knows what will actually happen. They've officially asked. Warner Brothers has not done any anything on it yet. Uh, yeah, there's a new Tomb Raider mobile game, which nobody asked for and nobody cares about. I don't, maybe maybe it's good. Maybe you love it. And if so, I'm sorry. I, I mean, I, good for you. Good for you. You found something you like. Let's go do Love It or Leave It. Love it or leave it is the way we end every episode of the Relic Grind here on Ready Check Radio. It's where I give you something Square Enix related. Could be a game, a feature in a game, something they've done, something they've said, or even just something tangentially related uh, because it's my show. And you tell me whether you like it, love it, want more of it, or leave it, set it aside, never to be seen again. And so, Tark, I ask you, do you love or leave... Amazon with their hands on the Tomb Raider franchise in any way. I mean, Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power, not generally the best received thing on the planet. <laughs> you know, their games that they've produced or that they've developed, I should say, you know, not generally well received, at least out of the gate with things like Loon World. Do you, do you want Amazon? Do you love this idea or leave it? Uh, I'm going to go with love this idea. I know, like you said, not a lot of people loved Rings of Power. I think it going head to head with Games of Thrones might have not helped it in that regard. Um, so there were direct comparisons because they released at the same time. I liked Rings of Power. I kind of liked what they did with the mythology um, before the Third Age. Um, I also like what Amazon's done with other properties. Um, the Boys, uh, Reacher mm -hmm. was awesome. Um, so they're putting out good TV in my opinion. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. As far as the games, I think they're on the right track. They're building towards knowing how to put out a good game. Um, new world is continuing to progress. And, and a lot of people, um, like ginger prime are all on board the, the new world, uh, roadmap that they have in front of them. Um, lost Ark, you know, had a good following. I think it's still going decently. Um, so yeah, I'll I'll take love it. Um, yeah, I can't wait to see what they have in store with it. All right, you heard it here first from Tarkov. Amazon puts out. Go ahead, Kronos. <laughs> I feel like I was gonna say everything that Tarkov just said. He stole my answer. So you're gonna love it's it too. The answer. There's there's. You know what's funny piece. is I still um, <laughs> I still had to think about it because I just the idea of Amazon buying something something I don't know, but I do feel like Amazon. The, I, all the stuff that yeah, Darth I hate Hulk the mentioned, idea of Amazon touching anything. <laughs> I, yeah, which is because they why, already touch yeah, everything. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like you know, I, I think I I enjoy all the stuff that Tarkov just said. I haven't really played New World, so I can't really speak to that. I tried Last Ark for a little bit. It wasn't my thing, but I I think it was fine. Um, maybe outside of like some of the pay to win stuff, but um, all those TV shows you mentioned, I actually like Rings of Power. I might be in the minority yeah. there as well. I'm with you. Um, I liked it. Uh, Invincible is another one. I think he didn't mention that I really enjoy. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if it's like, I think I'm more excited probably for the TV movie side of the deal than the game side. 
but we'll sure. see. I also wasn't a huge fan of like the more modern Tomb Raider stuff, so we'll see. But I, I, I would probably say love it. Yeah, uh, I want to fence probably, yeah. sit on this, but obviously we can't. Nope, You're no not allowed. Sitting. Because if nope. I look at it just from the game side, I probably love it. Because they're not developing the games. It's still in the... I liked, uh, unlike you, Kronos, I liked the newer Tomb Raiders. Yeah, and that's still sure. in the hands of the same people. So I, I, I kind of like the idea of Amazon's backing behind these people continuing to do what they were doing. I was lukewarm on Rings of Power at best, if I'm being honest. There were some good episodes and then some really, really bad episodes. And they did kind of funk around with some of the the lore in a way that I was like, that's kind of a misinterpretation or a purposeful editing for the the sake of drama, which is fine. I get it. Movies and TV shows are shorter and you got to make it work. So I don't have a problem with it. Just means I didn't personally enjoy it as much as I thought I was going to. I want to love the game side and leave the movie media side because they're just going to slam it into the freaking ground. And you're going to see all this damn Lord or uh, Tomb Raider stuff just start flooding out. And I'm going to leave it. I'm going to leave it. I would almost love it more if it was just sold to Amazon. Um, mm. than than this leasing thing. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with leave it. I do like the idea of the video game side. I just have a feeling that they're going to run this into the ground to the point that I'm sick of looking at anything that is branded with Tomb Raider. And you know what? If you're going to spend $600 million, I can't blame you for doing it either. <laughs> like, I can't. Yeah. I, they just see like The Last of Us and stuff like that, and it's just and how popular and how well that show is doing, and it's just like, we want our own. Yeah, I get it. <sighs> I'm going to leave it, but just barely, just barely, <laughs> just barely. That's going to do it for us here on the Relic Grind. Thank you so much for hanging out with us for a little bit of time today. Let us know what you thought of any of our topics in the comments, uh, whether that's FFTCG's organized play season, Final Fantasy XIV's ultimate fiasco, hell, Amazon and Tomb Raider. You know, that's not really Square Enix related now, but we kind of wanted to say, yeah, Square, you... Uh, you, you fire sold those items, and we told you you did at the time. Uh, until next week, we'll be back Thursday, 7 p.m. Eastern. Remember, the following week, the 16th, there will be no Relic Grind. We'll be off that day, but we will see you next week. Now, will we be live streaming on the 7th or not? I don't know. We'll see. I got to believe if the 7th presentation was real, the announcement would be out by now. Like, maybe tomorrow. I don't think you'd do it any later than that, so we'll see. Until then, Kronos, where can everybody find you? Yeah, uh, yeah, same as always, Twitter. Uh, I got a week off from football. I'm not watching the Pro Bowl because I really don't care about it. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it, it just, just cancel it at this point. Um, but I am rating in the Ultimate, so um, that's been a lot of fun, so I'll probably be tweeting about that. Uh, we're on Phase 2 now. So. Nice. Nice. Tark. Yeah. Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, all at Tarkov Gaming. Uh, I start my ultimate adventure tonight in like an hour. So uh, definitely tune in for that. Um, also, check me out here on Ready Check Radio on Saturday nights where we finish Voice of Cards. And I'm going to move over to Final Fantasy 15. Nice. Chat, don't go anywhere after the show. We'll be bringing Faye live. What's up, Faye? What up? Hi, How are you? How are you? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. We, uh, I believe I figured out how to kill the shadow that was bedeviling us last week. So we're going to be back into Icewind Dale. Put on the coats. It's going to be cold. <laughs> Don't go anywhere, chat. Give us about a minute. We'll set Faye up with the, the new stream name and everything. She'll go live and you guys can hang out on this fun Thursday night. I'm Mike Byrne. You can follow me personally right there at Magic Man One, but more importantly, follow at RC Radio, R A I D E O, on Twitter, and you'll know every time we go live with a stream or a podcast or Final Fantasy TCG or whatever the hell I feel like doing. Until the next time, stay safe. We'll see you on the servers. Later. I need my satellite view of Omega. Let's go. Enhance. Yeah. <laughs>